This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. standing with me this afternoon. It's such a privilege and an honor uh, for me to be here. Apostle Theo, Dr. Bev, thank you so much. We love you so very much. You've been so gracious, so kind, so good to us, and so generous to us as well. And all the way from Durban, of course, the place where God lives, and then occasionally visits elsewhere in the world, we bring our greetings to you. And uh, what a great celebration it is. We salute you. We honor you today. Um, You know, I'm just kind of like reminded when you look at some ministries that it could be likened to this little boat. Do we have that little boat? There's a little boat somewhere along the line, if we can get that up. But a lot of ministries are like this little boat uh, that, um, can we get that picture up? Okay, here's a little boat. And uh, so it's got a little engine at the back, you know, and these little boats make a lot of noise, but not too much power. I mean, uh, there's just one person in that boat, and then, you know, if, if there's waves or whatever that bash that boat, that how many of you know that boat will feel those waves? But when we think about you, Apostle Theo, and the 40 years of your ministry, I think this picture kind of like exemplifies the 40 years of ministry, supernatural, miraculous ministry. When you look at that ocean liner, you don't hear the engines. But they go deep into the ocean. And that ocean liner is built for all climatic conditions. And it is able to weather all kinds of storms. It's built for long journeys. How many of you are glad for the 40 years of ministry here? How many of you ready for the next 40 years of ministry? The amazing thing about this ocean liner, it has the capacity to carry a lot of passengers. And we are all passengers that have been carried literally by this ministry. The way that you've spoken into my life. Thank you so much, sir. We salute you and we honor you. Can we put our hands together, family? Amen. Remain standing with me this afternoon as we draw our attention to a passage of Scripture that is found in Matthew 15, 21 and 28. I'd like to read it to you. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But Jesus answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, what a privilege, what an honor it is to be able to carry the name of Jesus upon our lips. That at that name, every every knee must bow and every tongue confess that you and you alone are the Christ, the anointed one. 
And I thank you that today you and your word are one. You said that heaven and earth may pass away. But your word will never, ever, never, ever will it pass away. Your word is forever settled in heaven. And I thank you that as your word comes today, it comes not in my might, not in my ability, but it comes in the might and power of the Spirit of God. Let your word locate us. Let it find the greatest needs in us. Whatever is necessary, that your word has the capacity. It has the ability to deliver whatever is needed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this afternoon. Once again, what a privilege. I feel absolutely honored to be standing here uh, on this platform. And it's wonderful to be here today. I want you to know. Would you lift your hands and say, I am a faith person that has a faith covenant with a faith God. Can you say amen? How many of you know that we are living in some pretty violent uh, times? Pretty violent times. There's uh, quite a a lot of hectic things happening uh, in our world. A lot of hectic things actually happening in South Africa as well. And uh, of course, we, we know who is behind all of this. We learned Uh, Through Apostle Theo and others here at Celebration, we know that it is Satan and his fallen angels and demon spirits. And I'm here to tell you this afternoon that the devil is not some cute little red creature, you know, that the comics depicted here, hot stuff with a little pitchfork and pointy ears and little tail and he looks so cute and all of that kind of stuff. I'm here to tell you that he's out to do damage. He will, he's out to maim you, to paralyze you, to cripple you, to torment you, to kill you, steal from you, and destroy you. How many of you say, I know that? Basically, we need to recognize that there are two kingdoms that are diametrically opposed in this life. Kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. We heard about that. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And as kingdom people, we have a kingdom culture that is a counterculture to the culture of this world. Can you say amen? And it's when we manifest this kingdom culture that we, put, we become the salt and light in our world. And so I want you to know that the devil is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And when he is finished with you, he will come. He will come after your children. And then your children's children and their children's children. But I like what Jesus said in Matthew 11 and 12. He said, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. This was depicted when God spoke to the serpent in Genesis 3 and 14. And the last part, he said to the devil, he said there, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. How many of you know you're made of dust? So if you are a child of God, you have a target on your life. The devil is out for you. He's out to get you. But I'm so glad that Jesus did not end his statement in Matthew 11 and 12. He said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent, but the violent. Do we have any violent people who know how to, how to have a violent faith, who know how to have a violent worship? who know how to do a violent praise, who know how to dance violently before they God. Do we have any violent people here at CFC? Hallelujah. And I like what Jesus says to this Canaanite woman in verse 28. He said, oh woman, great is your faith. 
That word great actually means violent. It means to be strong. It means to be authoritative. And I want to speak to you a little bit today about a violent faith. Look at your neighbor and say, I feel like a violent faith coming on me. Come on, this is not for the namby-pambies. You better develop a spiritual backbone here because there's some things that you and I need to do before Jesus comes back. Can you say praise the Lord? I want to share with you today five things about violent faith. Is there anybody in this place that wants to do something significant for God? Is there anybody like Pastor Darby who wants to do something that to, to shake this country, to shake your family, to shake your neighborhood, to shake our schools, to shake our colleges? Hallelujah. Then I know that violent faith will do it for you. Five things that I want you to look at as we look at the story about this Canaanite woman that you and I can glean from. Number one, violent faith will never, ever, never, ever will violent faith cause you to give up. I need you to look at two people right now and say, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've come through, but don't give up. Now is not the time for you to give up. Hallelujah. Jesus paid too much a high price on Calvary for you to quit right now. You have come through too much to throw the towel in right now. Bump your neighbor and say, neighbor, I think he's talking to you right now. Don't give up. I want you to understand this afternoon that faith is the greatest source of power available to mankind. Faith is the greatest source of power available to you and I. I'll never forget when I started the ministry, Pastor Fred handed me a book by Kenneth E. Hagan, Kenneth Hagan Sr. And it was a Bible faith study course book, a manual that was written on faith. And I started to read this manual, and you know what? I couldn't make heads or tails of what this man was trying to say. It was, I felt like I was trying to catch soap in a bath. It just kind of, I couldn't grasp it. And then I gave the book back to Pastor Fred. said, Pastor Fred, I, I, I can't understand what this man is saying. And he laughed at me. He said, that's because you're trying to use your brain instead of your heart. I'd been trained as a pharmacist. And as a pharmacist, you know, pharmacy is a precise science. So you use logic and reason and everything has to be analytical and methodical. But the moment I pushed logic and reason out of the way, hallelujah, and I began to understand it not with my mind but with my spirit, things began to change. And since that time, I want to tell you that I love studying faith. I don't know if there's such a word, but I, I'm a faith, faithology. I believe in faithology, the study of faith. Hallelujah. You say, why is it like that, John? Because when you preach faith, you are preaching, first of all, faith is the language of the kingdom. But secondly, when you preach faith, you are preaching the victory. Faith is the victory. If you're looking for victory in your life, in your marriage, in your business, in your ministry, you got to get a bit of faith on the inside of you. 1 John 5 says this. Uh, 1 John 5 verse 4 says, For whatever is born of God, has to wait until you get to heaven before you can overcome. Is that what it says? I think I've got the wrong version. What does the Bible say? For whatever is born of God, I can't hear you in this Episcopalian church. Uh, 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 what does it say? For whatever is born of God, for whatever is born of God, 
overcomes this world. You don't have to wait to get to heaven before you're an overcomer, before you enjoy the, the joy of the Lord. I've got my joy. You've got to get your joy. Some of you will get that in just a moment. But anyways, he said, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Say my faith. Look at somebody and tell them your faith will not work for me. And my faith will not work for you. You got to get your own faith. Lift your hands and say, I am a faith person that has a faith covenant with a faith God. I love preaching on faith, and faith is such an exhaustible subject and is as vast as the potential of God Himself. But here's the thing about faith faith has no limits. Would you look at somebody right now and say, Faith knows no limits? I don't know what the doctors have said about your situation. I don't know what the lawyer told you, the bank manager told you. But I'm here to tell you this afternoon, CFC, that faith knows no limits. How do you know that? Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, he said, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. If you can believe, all things are all things. And the, all things in the Greek is? In Zulu, it means, in Swana, it means, in Venda, it means, all things means all things. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Faith is the greatest source of power available to man. The science world revealed many things to mankind. When you look at nuclear science, you revealed, it, it, it revealed the power of the atom. When that atom was thrown on Hiroshima, there was tremendous power that was unleashed. I've got good news for you today. The power of faith is greater. Can you say amen? Electrical science revealed the power of electricity. And I, I don't know how much power is needed to generate power to light up a city. But I've got good news for you this afternoon. The power of faith is greater. Hallelujah. Solar science revealed the tremendous power of the sun. And however much power that has, I'm here to tell you that the power of faith is even greater than that. And then you can look at hydropower, water power, and the tremendous power that is harnessed from the waters. But once again, all of those powers are limited. The power of faith has no limitation. Can you say amen? So how does faith come? We know Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And when you've heard, you've got to hear some more. And when you've heard some more, there's a little bit more that you've got to hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Did you know that there is a connection between the hearing of faith and the manifestation of the power of God? In Acts 6 and 8, it says that Stephen, full of faith and weakness full of faith and, and, and what? Full of faith and what? Full of faith and power did great wonders and signs among the peoples. Second Thessalonians 1.11 says, Therefore we also pray also always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. Hallelujah. And fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith with what? With weakness, with quietness, with timidity, huh? What, what does it say? The work of faith with power. Hallelujah. 
This Canaanite woman in the story had a violent faith that refused to give up. How do I know, you might ask? Well, when she came to Jesus, she said, Have mercy on me, Lord. Son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. And Jesus just keeps walking right past her. He answered her not a word. And to make matters worse, the disciples are trying to shoo her away because she's actually being a bother. She's being a problem. So first of all, Jesus ignores her. But violent faith never gives up. And then when Jesus does answer her, he says, you know what, woman, I actually, I need to tell you that I, I did come, but I didn't come for you. I came for the lost tribe of Israel. I came for the people of Israel. So first of all, he ignores her. And then secondly, he rejects her, but violent faith doesn't give up. Hallelujah. Bump your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't give up. Come on, now's not the time to give up. Hallelujah. He rejects her. That doesn't stop her. She falls down to the ground and begins to worship him. And then he says something. He says, you know what? Actually, as a matter of fact, what I meant to say is, it's not really a good thing to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And he was basically calling her a dog. So he rejected her. He ignored her, rejected her. And then he insulted her. But she refused to let her faith stop her from getting a miracle. Bump your neighbor and say, violent faith never gives up. Hallelujah. Number two, violent faith never shuts up. There are some times when you do need to zip it. <laughs> but did you notice that this woman was not silent? She was not passive. All during her encounter with Jesus, she's speaking. I'm here to tell you today, there is no such thing as silent faith. No such thing. No such thing. There is not such a thing as passive faith. Your faith has to be engaged. Your faith has to be active. 2 Corinthians 4 and 13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what it is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also... Here at CFC, we also here today, we believe and therefore, as a result of our believing, we what? We speak. Hallelujah. Your faith must be vocalized if you want your faith to be working for you. How many of you want your faith to work for you? Anybody here? Three people, four people, five people? All right. In order for your faith to work, it must be vocalized. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible says we were made in the image of God, right? So how is that? Are we omnipotent like God? No. Are we omnipresent? I'm here, but I'm also in Durban, and then I'm also at Marble Hall today as well. I thought Marble Hall was a place in the United Kingdom, by the way. But anyways, are we omnipresent like God? No. We're made in the image of God. How is that? Because God is spirit, and you are spirit. But God is also a speaking spirit, and guess what? You're also a speaking spirit as well. Can you say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. And as a speaking spirit, we, there's sound waves that we ought to be emitting. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. You cannot vocalize what you have not internalized. You cannot vocalize when it comes to faith. 
You can't just ramble any old thing. You've got to get the word on the inside of you. The only thing that will manufacture the God kind of faith on the inside of you is when you lay a hold of the word of God and it becomes flesh and blood to your spirit. And then out of that overflow, you begin to vocalize that word, hallelujah, because it has become real to you. It has been revealed to you. It has been internalized on the inside of you. And as a result of that, you are speaking that word. Romans 10 verse 8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. And then in verse 17, it goes on and says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And verse 18 says, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed, their sound. What sound is that? It's the sound of a faith that has been vocalized. Hallelujah. Their sound has gone out to all the earth. Do you know that when you speak words of faith and you begin to decree and declare that those words go to the ends of the earth, you are speaking into the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Hallelujah. I have come to learn in my few years of serving the Lord. I was saved when I, in, in 1982. But I've discovered something, that there is such a thing as the life cycle of faith. But actually the Bible says faith comes. We know Romans 10, 17, faith comes. And then faith grows. One time in Luke 17 and 5, the disciples asked Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith. So faith comes, faith grows. And then when you get to a place where the, your faith has grown, faith now begins to speak. Lift your hands and say, the life cycle of faith is. Faith comes. Faith grows. Faith speaks. Faith comes. Faith grows. And faith speaks. Hallelujah. So she had a violent faith that refused to give up. A violent faith that did not shut up. Hallelujah. And a violent faith, number three, that knew how to worship God. Do we have any worshipers here in CFC right now? Hallelujah. She was ignored. She was rejected. She was insulted. But that did not stop her from lifting up her hands and worshiping God. Jesus said in John 4, 23, The hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Before you are an, an accountant, you're a worshiper. Before you're a business person, you're a worshiper. Before you're a pastor, you're a worshiper. Worshiping has got nothing to do with your vocal ability, your musicality, hallelujah. It's got nothing to do with that. A lot of people think, well, when I sing a worship song, I'm worshiping God. We're singing a slow song, so... Therefore, I'm worth, no, 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 no. When you look at David and the Ark of the Covenant was coming back to the city of David, hallelujah, he began to twirl and leap and dance and worship God with such a furiosity that his clothes began to come off. It was on the hills of Jerusalem as he would tend the sheep that he would pick up his harp and begin to pen all those songs. He developed a heart of worship. He knew how to worship his God. How did he slay the bear? Because he was a worshiper. How did he slay, slay the, the lion? Because he was a worshiper. How did he slay Goliath? Because as a worshiper, he knew his God. Can you say amen? So what is worship? Worship 
True worship is a heart that remains fixed on Jesus no matter what. No matter what. You say, oh, but pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, you don't know what the other person is going through. Everybody is going through stuff right now. If we had to ask for different stories here, we'd go from one story to the other, and there would be some pretty sad stories here. It doesn't matter what you're going through. What matters is, do you have the ability to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus? No matter what happens, you might have been ignored, rejected, and insulted like this woman. But if your eyes are fixed on Jesus, hallelujah. I tell you what, everything else becomes irrelevant. Can you say amen? Number four. Violent faith not only never gives up, and then violent faith doesn't shut up. Violent faith knows how to worship. But number four, violent faith always agrees with God. You don't have to agree with people. People are entitled to opinions. I've learned that long time ago. You, are, you can like me, that's great. And if you like me, that's wonderful. I hope you do like me. But if you don't like me, that doesn't, that's not going to affect my relationship with God. What matters is that I'm in agreement with God, but I have His stamp of approval on my life. So 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says, For all the promises, how many promises? A few of them. All the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. The Passion Translation says, For all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in Him. And as His yes and our amen ascend to God, we bring Him glory. In other words, God the Father has given promises to us in His Word from Genesis to Revelation. Jesus says yes to those promises because He died on the cross. And when He died on the cross and three days days later rose from the dead he affirmed every promise of the father and when you say amen to all of those promises you are in agreement with God can you say praise the Lord Jesus said to this woman it is not uh, good for me to take the children's bread and give it to dogs he was saying that actually healing is the children's bread healing and all that I've come for the people of Israel is wrapped up in the covenant that I have with them. And actually, you are actually an outsider. You're a Gentile. And uh, you actually have no right to healing, which was part of the covenant and benefits for the Jews. And worse still, he calls her a dog. And she says, yes, Lord, I may be a dog. In other words, whatever Jesus says, agree with him. This is what I call the amen principle of faith. If Jesus says you're healed, then, then say amen. Yes, I'm healed in Jesus' name. If he says you're more than a conqueror, then agree with him. Doesn't matter what you see, what you feel. If he says you're accepted in the beloved, then agree with him. If he says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, then agree with him. If he says you're the head and not the tail, then simply agree with him. If he says that the Father loves you just as much as he loves Jesus, would you just take some time and say, God, I agree with you even though my mind is telling me something else. I'm going to walk in agreement with you. The foundation of violent faith is always to agree with God. Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? When you are in agreement with God, you're putting your hand in the hand of Jesus and you are walking through the storms of life. You are going through every day with your hand in the hand of Jesus. And let me tell you, all of heaven is just waiting for somebody to agree with what already heaven has declared.
Is there anybody that says, I'm going to agree with God? From today, I'm going to agree with whatever God says. The last thing about violent faith is that violent faith will always win its case. Violent faith. The Canaanite woman agreed with Jesus. She said, yeah, you're right. I'm an outsider. I'm a Gentile. I might be a dog. And she said, but you know what, Lord? Even the dogs, even the dogs calling me a dog. I'm an outsider. You ignored me. You rejected me. You have insulted me. But even the dogs, I've got a violent faith that says, I'm not going to refuse and be denied my miracle. Even the dogs, all they need is just a crumb. Hallelujah. In other words, God, I don't need the whole loaf of bread. I don't need all the benefits and all that comes with the package of being a covenant child. I just need one breadcrumb because in that breadcrumb is healing for my severely demonized daughter. Can you say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. You see, you might have a whole lot of facts about your problem and your sickness and your challenge and your diet and your giant, but all you need is one crumb of truth for you to get your breakthrough. Because truth is always greater than the facts. And it's the truth of God's word and the revelation of that truth that will always win its case. When that word has become flesh and blood on the inside of you, it don't matter what anybody says, you know that you know that you know that you know you've got that word. It's in your spirit. Nobody can take it from you. Can you say amen? amen. Violent faith is a force that changes things. I want to encourage every pastor here. Violent faith is a force that changes things. You and I have the ability to change the circumstances, speak into the atmosphere, decree a thing that is, that is not as though it were, hallelujah. That's how we are made in the image of God, incidentally, because in the beginning, God spoke into chaos, and out of chaos, He brought something beautiful, you and I, and the whole, whole of creation, and you and I have the ability to do the same thing. Can you say praise the Lord? Everybody stand to your feet right now. I need you to take a couple of breaths right now, and I want you, with every bit of ounce of faith that you have, I want you to say these words after me. Thank you, Father, for your word. That has come to me today. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Thank you for the spirit of faith that has risen in my heart. I am a faith person that has a faith covenant with a faith God. I declare that because of violent faith, I will never give up. I will never give up no matter what I'm facing. That I will never shut up. Instead, I choose to vocalize my faith. As I continue to hear God's word, faith comes to me, faith grows in me, and then faith will speak through me. But I will always keep my heart fixed on Jesus in true worship. That I will always agree with what God says about me. And that because of violent faith, I will always win my case because I am a winner. I am an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. And if God be for me, if God be for me, if God be for me, who can be against me? I believe it. I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 